Hey everybody, this is Sensei Anthony with The Real Karate Podcast. It is Wednesday, May the 3rd. Uh, I'm just rolling and recording. And I kind of want to step back on the part two about the value of belts and what makes a black belt, okay? This is one of those really controversial subjects that people like to argue about. And I don't think it's really necessary that arguments need to be held. I just think that people should really take a deeper understanding or a deeper look into exactly what a black belt is. Now, because the martial arts are a war art at its essence, it is safe to believe in the West especially that a person who has achieved the black belt should be reasonably capable of defending themselves against a larger stronger opponent but there are limits of course right now unfortunately due to the marketing of martial arts in the western world and the proliferation of movies people think that black belt means expert in all things related to that art now this holds true for certain arts more than others. Like if you're a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, they expect you to be a master of the art, okay? And that's not to say that there aren't different levels of black belt even in the Jiu-Jitsu world. But there's factors that you have to take in place. And to, excuse me, there are factors that you have to take into account, right? Now in the Eastern world and in other parts of the world, A first-degree black belt doesn't mean master. In the Japanese systems, for example, a first-degree black belt is called a shodan. Shodan is like step. Like you've taken that first step. As I've mentioned many times before, white through brown, you learn why. And as a black, excuse me, as a white through brown belt, you start to learn how. As a black belt, you start to learn why right? Now, in the Eastern world, as much as I've blasted little kid black belts here, in the Eastern world, it's not uncommon to see eight, 19-year-olds that are black belts, because to them, the first degree black belt simply means that you have completed the curriculum placed in front of you. And before people start asking me why it's the same thing, I challenge you to look up some of the kid black belts, let's say in Japan or Okinawa. Now, of course, a 10 year old is not going to be able to protect himself against a full grown man. That's not going to be the case in any art, except for maybe marksmanship with a loaded gun. But I want you to notice the technical proficiency of a child black belt in Japan, for example as opposed to a child black belt here in America. The difference will be night and day. I mean, it's staggering. And even as black belts in the Eastern world, they don't consider themselves experts at all. They're very competent in their movements. They can perform them with snap and with power and with control. And that's what you expect from a person who is wearing a black belt, right? Now, 
there's also two different kind of black belts. I remember the late Joe Lewis, he had two different kind of black belts. There was what he called the teaching black belts, and then there was the the competition black belts. Now, a teaching black belt has taken the same curriculum that everybody else has taken. But because their goal is not on competition, they're not necessarily augmenting their training with weightlifting, long distance runs, and the other things that you would expect to do in order to gain a competitive edge over other competing opponents in your same age group, weight class, etc. Now, the teaching black belts were competent and capable in their art, yes. But what they probably did better than the competitive black belts is they're able to disseminate the information extremely well. And that's more valuable than being able to fight at a competition level because a competent black belt will be able to protect themselves anyway, all things being relatively equal, right? But if you think about it, isn't the dissemination of knowledge more important than turning out a bunch of fighters? I remember in the old days when Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu first got to America, and for some of you kids out there, it didn't happen <laughs> recently. We're talking about, it's 2023s. we're literally talking about 30 years at this point. What happened was you started getting black belts that came here. And whether they're legitimate black belts or not, and there's always something to argue about that, when they started getting American students who are purple belts and stuff like that, they were nowhere near as skilled as their Brazilian counterparts on the mat. But because there was no language barrier, they were able to disseminate the information better. They were able to teach Americans better because they spoke English. And they didn't have any trouble translating some of the things that don't translate necessarily very well from Portuguese. Now, again, I will argue that the ability to disseminate information to a large group of people from different backgrounds is extremely important. If you look at black belts as one huge pool of the same thing, you start to realize that a person who starts the martial arts in their 50s will never be a black belt if your only criterion is for them to be a very capable fighter. Now, I contend that anyone with a black belt should be able to reasonably defend themselves or have certain skills within reason. And within reason is the thing we're talking about here. If a person starts the martial arts in their 60s, they may, they'll not be as fast as their younger counterparts. They may not be as motivated. They may not be physically as capable of even performing the movements. But I will give more credit to someone who starts the martial arts in their 60s and comes to practice four or five times a week. I'll give more credit to that person than to some kid 
who comes twice a week, but they're athletically gifted and they can blow through everybody on the mats. That is not the same level of commitment. That is not the same level of focus. And I will always put precedence, excuse me, I will always give the preference of dedication over talent. I will always give consistency over skill and consideration. Some people will never be able to perform certain techniques a certain way. But if they're coming and trying their best, isn't that better than a natural athlete that happens to beat everybody just because he is physically, genetically, or athletically more gifted? It's not evil. That's not level playing ground, right? So when you look at a black belt, ask yourself what a black belt is supposed to mean. It should be a person who not only is able to perform the curriculum of their particular art, they should be able to teach that information to other people who are not gifted physically, who are not genetically skilled, who are not particularly um, athletic. And they should be able to recite, disseminate, speak on the history and the background of their art as well. There are some black belts now who don't even know the history of jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, for example, since it's arrived in America. I will never forget. There used to be this show called, um, it was called Fight Quest. And one of the arts they studied was Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in Brazil. And one of the guys, and we're talking about in the last, I don't know, let's say 10 to 12 years. It's 2023 now. We're talking about a guy who studied Jiu-Jitsu but did not know who Hickson Gracie was because he was actually teaching for the episode. And that is like saying that you're a basketball fan in this era and not knowing who Steph Curry or LeBron James is. You should be able to speak on the history or at least the development of your art as you understood it. That's another part of being a black belt. You don't have to agree on the same curriculum, but whatever that curriculum is, a black belt should be competent in it. You don't have to be a genius-level teacher like John Donaher of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu fame is, but you should be able to disseminate the information and the skills of your art without undue difficulty most of the time. You should be able to speak on the most valuable contributors to your art. You should be able to speak to the luminaries, the visionaries, the exceptional teachers, or even combatants in your art. These are all things that should come as part of being a black belt. And if it's not the case, ask yourself, is that person worthy of their black belt? It's not my place to say, but it's something I think that every black belt should be asking themselves. And with anyone who's striving to be a black belt, what they should ask themselves. And that's it. I'm going to leave it at that. Check me out at thomasmartialarts.com. I'm on everywhere that you hang out. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Pinterest, YouTube, Twitter, all that stuff. That's probably going to sound super outdated in the future, but I'm putting it out there just for posterity. Posterity. Wow, I can't even talk today. Anyway, the most important thing as usual by far is please be kind to yourselves and each other.